Hello, what's going on? Rich Ryan here, Reinforced Running Podcast. What is up? Today we have two athletes from Torque joining to talk about their experience at the North American Championship in Kelowna. We have Sean Stevens-Whale and Annie Duby both finished on the podium in third place for this particular race. They have really great insight about how to navigate a course like this, give us some good details about their strategy leading into it, and both of their strategies worked really, really well. So I think you'll enjoy this conversation very much. Very pumped for these two athletes on awesome performances. So here we go. Sean Stevens-Whale and Annie Doobie. All right, we got Sean Stevens-Whale here. Fresh off a third-place finish at the North American Championship for Spartan Race. Dude, first, congratulations. It's amazing, man. Thank you. Thank you. Has that that sunk in, really? And, like, coming into the race, how were you – what were you thinking was possible? Because we talked a little bit, you kind of pushed your chips into this race specifically. So when you were thinking about it, like, like zoomed out, like what did you think that you could finish? Like, if I'm being honest, like in a lot of these races that I go into the mountain races, I I'm always like thinking in the back of my head, like things go right, maybe a podium spot. So um, that was kind of, I, I think like the main goal was to like, aim for top five if I could in this one I thought that was fairly realistic given the the field assembled um and then you know just kind of run my own race based on like my knowledge of the course and uh if things went well maybe maybe podium that was that was definitely like my a goal I think was a podium so uh yeah I kind of I kind of hit what I wanted and I know that of you that you you're confident in your ability as a climber and as a, a mountain athlete, and then things just might not have ever really come together the way that they have in Spartan race uh, up until this point. Um, do you, do you listen to the race brain podcast? Um, I have listened to you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you? you really um, oh, thank you. I wasn't, I wasn't searching for compliments, but thank you. Uh, but we were talking about you on the preview episode <clears throat> And that was something Bracken kind of brought up. It's like, yeah, we, we, we know Sean has all the pieces, but we really haven't seen this kind of breakout yet. And we don't want him to be that guy that always had that potential, but never kind of got there. Did, did you feel that from yourself at that point? Or was it always kind of like, yeah, I know I have the potential to be here and it's just a matter of time. I mean, I, I think that type of mindset, uh, like if, if you want, if you're training at a high level, like, if your focus is on something, if your heart's in something like you, you never think like that. Like I, I personally don't, um, I, for me, it, it was always just like, I'm not going to say a matter of time, but just a matter of putting, putting things together. Uh, like I, I kind of knew where my strengths were. I, I knew where, like I had to work on, on things a bit. So I was just trying to like put it all together, uh, and, and put it into a good race. And so that kind of was the idea behind this one here was like to make sure that coming out of this, I had like minimal excuses. Um, mm. I didn't want to, you know, have more excuses. Like I wasn't altitude adapted or, or whatever. Um, so I, I made sure like I kind of covered all my bases going into this, uh, which um, in, in one way is like, is great, but it also puts a lot more pressure on you because, you know, you have invested a lot more time and effort into this. And so if things didn't go well and in Spartan race, you know, there's a lot of mistakes can be made that, um, not are necessarily beyond your control, but are, are kind of hard to predict. And so it's, it's really, um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I 
<clears throat> I prepped the best I could for this, and I got lucky on race day, and the combination of those two allowed me to, to do what I did. Yeah, I like that the excuse part, right? The because I've been there as well. It's like, oh, if if this was happening in my life or this other thing here or there, it's always like that thing in the back of my mind. So like taking those out, it's like I just want to know that there's nothing I, like that where my finish is is what I yeah, it what I earned outside of that. So when did you decide to kind of make that choice? Because you you are have been living in the Kelowna area right for some time now and like you spent some time actually in Colorado before the Utah race and so yeah. like the, the one big excuse that you did <clears throat> mention before just being altitude because you're more you live and train typically at sea level when when did you decide to like hey take this step and, and to invest in like where you're living and, and really making sure that you have no more ex- excuses for these races totally um I, I think it was really the beginning of the year uh I saw that this race in particular was going to be in Kelowna and it kind of got me excited. Uh, like North, North American championships is obviously a big deal and to have it like fairly close to where I live. I, I thought like this would be a good opportunity to, to um, yeah, kind of, kind of put all, all my chips on the table, like I said before. And so um, earlier in the year uh, I coordinated with a couple of their torque members. Um, I contacted Mark Gaudet, uh and um, was able to coordinate actually uh, staying with him for a few weeks down in Colorado before the big bear race. And that was, that was awesome. Um, Mark was a, a great host and uh, I felt like three weeks um, at altitude prior to the big bear race definitely helped feeling more prepared. Um, I didn't have the greatest training block leading into that. And so the race there was, was solid, but um, I still felt there was like more in the tank to give. So coming up here, I booked an Airbnb right, right on uh, the race site for the entire month of August. They, um, I guess big white, uh, for those who don't know, it's like, it's, it's well known as a, a ski town, but, um, the summer vibes are pretty weak here. So there's mm. not much going on. Uh, for that reason, housing up here is really cheap during the summer. Sweet. So fortunately I got a, a sweet deal on a, on a place and I was able to, uh, kind of afford to to live up here for the entire month nice so and this year you've been mostly doing obstacle racing right like in in previous years there's been like a blend of trail some ultra stuff and ocr that kind of works in have you been doing much of that other stuff or has it been mostly just hitting the the bigger races in ocr so the spring actually did a 10k build block um working on working on my tempo speed with a couple other uh, runners in Squamish. And um, I, I felt like my speed definitely improved and my like ability to maintain like 520 pace uh, is like much, much stronger than it was before, but um, didn't have a great race. Uh, I also did a 50K in Quebec uh, two weeks after Big Bear. And that, um, so that was the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. and uh kind of kind of bonked on that one <laughs> pushed pushed hard the first half and uh kind of walked it in but um yeah I, I think this year it's definitely like the focus especially the last probably three or four months has been like 100 percent on on obstacle course racing and in particular like being ready for this one because last year you i mean you last year you did win the canadian series right that's right so, yeah. <clears throat> but there was a bit of an asterisk next to that but no asterisks 
you're the champion. Uh, but there was, I remember there was one, I think it was Blue Mountain, right? Where, but the week or two before that, you had that Squamish 50 miler. I yeah, think. I ran, I ran the Squamish 50 mile the week before Blue Mountain. Right. Uh, yeah. And then you had some kind of lingering issues even leading into Abu Dhabi in terms of injury and things like that, right? Yeah, I kind of blew up my knee in the Squamish race. And uh, that was kind of lingering into into really uh, the winter and Christmas. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so is there, when you look back at that, was there like too much diversity in your race plan? And were, did you take this year as a way to be like, hey, let's kind of focus down a little bit more? Or is it just kind of a circumstance of the races that you wanted to run this year? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Like last year, it, it was very ambitious of me to go uh, Squamish 50 into Blue Mountain. Um, if the the reason I really did it is I, I kind of looked at the points after Red Deer and I realized like, look, if, if I run Squamish and I'm still tired going into Blue Mountain, I'm probably still going to win the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of gave me incentive. I've always wanted to, to, to win Squamish. Um, and there is a bit of a, a prize perk, uh, for for breaking the course record and winning so um that was kind of in the back of my head when it, when i raced there uh prior to to blue mountain right right and then but having that focus be on this race seemed to pay off really well because good payout for this race too right no absolutely it was great um yeah it's uh it definitely covered my living expenses and more for the last yeah. uh, the last month um, nothing else the living expenses that's like pretty solid yeah, no, up, up here in BC, it's not cheap. So <laughs> so let's talk about the race a little bit. So <clears throat> leading into it, it looked like uh, Rylan and Hawk were aggressive, and they typically are aggressive uh, yeah. right from the jump. Did you just try to latch on, or did you were you expecting it to go out hard, and were you just ready to kind of sit with the main pack? Like, what was your strategy right. leading into it? Um, so I actually – the first 2K of the course, which is on, like, Nordic ski trails um, – really marshy, not, not steep, like rolls a bit, uh, thick brush at times. Um, not like West Virginia bad. I've, I've been told, but like still quite technical in, in to the point where like, you can't run at like race heart rate. Like you're, you've got to stay, like you just can't run that fast. And so my kind of thought the first two K was like, get out hard. Um, so I'm in that lead pack and that first two K is going to be comfortable um just because like you know you can only run a certain pace in that in that sort of technical trail so my my thought was that was actually gonna work well for me i don't like pushing pushing it hard from the gun so um get into like a a good like steady heart rate uh from the gun and then once the 2k point is hit um pretty much we're onto a long uphill single double track trail that takes us right to the top of the mountain um, and it's probably like 500 meters of climbing in four. In, yeah. So maybe I'll convert this like 1500 feet of climbing in mm. two to three miles, uh, maybe three ish miles. So it's, it's pretty steep, but it's like, it's for the most part, pretty runnable. Um, mm. and, uh, at that point I kind of before the race was thinking like, I'm going to push this at my own pace. Um, it's, it's going to be a fairly long race. I am mostly altitude adapted, but I mean, I'm, I'm not the same as like living my life at altitude. So I want to make sure I still like keep control of the heart rate. I don't want to go too hard. And, um, yeah, it worked really well because in the race, uh, yeah, like you said, Rylan and Hawk, 
they kind of blasted from the gun. And then Atkins uh, was sitting behind them. And then Josiah and myself were kind of right behind Atkins mm. uh, in that first 2K. And so worked really well into the monkey bars. And uh, Josiah actually fell off the monkey bars. Oh, did he? Because he was, he was back. And uh, then he worked his way back into like eighth or wherever he ended up finishing. So that makes sense that he did miss. And, and uh, so I'm guessing it was pretty slick on the it bars. Was, it was a weird day. I, I've been up here for a full month and I've never had a morning that was that cold or raining before. <laughs> and so I thought it was going to be dry. I didn't pack any warm clothes for the entire month. Uh, <laughs> and that obviously a dumb, dumb move on my, my part, but uh, yeah. So I think like a couple, like Hawk didn't wear gloves at the start. And I know he struggled on some of the obstacles because his hands got so cold. He just couldn't mm-hmm. feel them. Um, myself, I wore gloves and I just took them off and put them back on between obstacles because there was pretty big gaps, uh, lots of time to do that. And so, um, yeah, like the, the monkey bars weren't easy, but I mean, as long as you kind of switch grip, take your time going through it. Like I, I didn't find them absurdly challenging. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, the first major, major climb, uh, Hawk and cause I know like the footage wasn't great. Um, I, I did watch the replay of the race afterwards and like, I, I wish there was better reception up there because the mountain itself is, is so beautiful. Um, and it, it was a cool day. Um, misty, like at the top, there was a really cool rainbow that kind of burst out above the clouds. Um, and, you know, with, with really the poor, poor reception, you just weren't able to see that. Uh, but yeah, the first climb, Rylan uh, trailed by Hawk. They kind of gapped Ryan and myself. Um, and uh, at some point I felt pretty controlled. I was thinking to myself, should I go in front of Atkins? Like I, I never planned before the race to, to go in. Like I was kind of thinking maybe I'll just trail Atkins for as long as I can. Um, but I kind of saw Rylan and Hawk pulling away and um, I felt comfortable enough to, to push the pace. So I, I went past Atkins at that point um, and then kind of like held a steady, maybe 30 second gap behind Rylan and Hawk for the entire climb right to the top. Uh, yeah. Did you figure that <clears throat> Like if you pitch this race, you're like, okay, I think I get the podium. Like, were you thinking it would be Atkins who was driving from the front? Was it kind of surprising to you to be like, oh man, like, should I, like, is he not going to m- cover this move? Like, do I need to cover this myself? So, so my kind of thought going in um, was, I know Atkins has been like cycling a ton. Mm-hmm. So the, the second major climb, which is like up a really steep ski slope, I thought like, I knew Atkins would destroy that because the cycling legs translate so well to this, but the first climb was definitely more runnable. It was hard packed. Um, knowing like Atkins hasn't done like a ton of running. I, I kind of, I, I wouldn't say I expected, but I wasn't as surprised um, to, to see him not running as fast because uh, he just hadn't done enough running really to, to prepare for a climb like that. So um, yeah, I, I think the biggest surprise for me was seeing Rylan. I thought it was probably going to be Hawk um, and then either Atkins on Hawk or Atkins off Hawk and then myself and maybe Ryland and Josiah. Um, After Josiah, was there any connection there? Like did Mick ever kind of make a, a threat to be part of the pack? Um, I never really saw Mick um, during the race. Uh, I guess I saw him on the bucket carry, which was about eight K in. But aside from that, I didn't really see him. So uh, I'll, I'll mention Mick uh, when I do see him um, later in the race, but I think kind of Mick was, was doing a smart race. He wasn't altitude adapted at all. Mm-hmm. He trains, you know, in, in the flatlands, 
of the prairies. So he is like completely out of his element. And honestly, like, I feel like he almost had the race of the day uh, because like, he's like, like take someone as much out of their element as Mick and like still come fifth in that race. And that's like, that's pretty incredible in, in my opinion. So he's a gamer, man. And uh, did Jack said that Atkins has never been beaten by a fellow countryman before. Oh, really? Yeah, has, I think. Has Mick not beat? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> it's, I mean, not, not many people finish in front of Atkins. So, I mean, there's got to be a short list of, of people. Like, I think his worst finish in a race ever was like seventh or something like that. So, but outside yeah. of, especially in mountains too, like, so that by itself is a pretty, pretty solid accomplishment. And so at the spear throw, he had gotten back in front of you somehow, right? That's right. So um, after the major climb, it kind of rolled in the Alpine and then it came down. So we went through Olympus and Stairway. And um, in the live coverage, you saw Hawk uh, kind of decide not, elect not to do Stairway. Yeah. And so that was, I think, where the gap really happened between Ryland and Hawk. Um, they, they were both crushing, crushing those gravel downs, though. Uh, I know, like, for me, I... I I kind of regret not wearing a shoe with a bit more cushion um, just because you can uh, kind of throw yourself more at the downhills. Mm-hmm. I, I was running the downs at probably like five ten mile pace, um, the gravel roads. And uh, like, I know uh, Hawk passed me probably going like four thirty mile pace <sighs> yeah. and uh, Rylan was going similar. So like they, they were definitely crushing it and, I, I had to keep in the back of my head. I'm like, there's a lot of running left. There's a lot of climbing left. I don't want to blow up my legs. Um, and so I kind of decided to, to keep the pace like pretty controlled. Um, so was that after was, was the spear and, and stairway that was kind of at the top, right? So the spear was halfway down stairway and Olympus okay. was at the top. Yeah. Okay. And so there was kind of like a mile of downhill gravel after stairway. And I'd probably, so I saw Hawk, do the penalty loop as I was jumping onto stairway. And so he probably was about 15 seconds in front of me going into that one mile downhill. And then Atkins was probably 20 seconds behind me going into that one mile downhill. Got it. Uh, And by the bottom, Atkins passed me just before the bottom of that mile. Um, And then, uh, yeah, Hawk had opened up quite a big gap. So by the time we were kind of coming into uh, the next obstacle gauntlet, which was, which had the spear in it, I could actually see, um, in the distance, Ryland burping on the spear. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> that kind of sucks. Uh, that's really unfortunate. And then uh, I was kind of watching as I was nearing uh, the Z-Wall. Hawk missed the spear as well. And so he went into the burpee pit as well. And um, I remember actually coming down that road, just randomly thinking to myself, like, I wonder what would happen if like everyone missed the spear and I hit it this time. <laughs> I know, it just like crossed my head. Um, so well, let's like, find always, out it's always been the opposite and um yeah it was it's crazy but um i saw them both in it and then i was right behind atkins going into the spear throw and we threw our spears at about the same moment and atkins missed um and i hit and i was i i was literally disoriented for a second i was like wait what happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those things you see people in like split and hit the spear and like raise their arms up <laughs> like yeah. yeah was there any of that or was it just kind of like no it was it was complete shock i was like <laughs> i i like i almost didn't believe it i'm like wait this can't be actually happening um and it just like felt 
at that point, like the momentum was so going my way. I'm like, oh man, everything is just going my way today. So uh, yeah, I, I came out of the spear. Hawk had just finished his burpees. So he was just in front of me. Um, we head over to the bucket and uh, you, I could tell Hawk was like still struggling a bit from, from the burpees because I passed him on the bucket. Um, and Rylan was probably like a minute in front of us at that point. Hmm. Um, after the bucket, it was 3K more of gravel down. So it's like about two miles of like 10% grade, probably about like a thousand feet loss in, in wow. three miles. Like consistent. Like it was, it was fast running, man. Like, uh, and, and yeah, Rylan must have, yeah, just killed that because he, he definitely put like even into Hawk probably a bit more time as well. Jack, I think Jack was on on Strava and said he ran like a nine forty seven two mile or something like that. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was even faster than that. Uh, but yeah, like it was, it was definitely Holland because, like, yeah, like I was running around five ten and yeah, comparatively, like was going slow. So, what shoes did you wear? I wore uh, the Dynafit Feline Pro. Um, they're a pretty minimal shoe. They're really lightweight. I I pretty much have worn them at every other Spartan race I've done. They've got fairly good traction, but um, for for something like that gravel down, which is like so hard um, and impactful, I, I really do think something with a bit of extra cushion could like propel you forward as well as just really cushion those legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might've allowed me to, to push a bit more on those downs because definitely among like the four of us, I was by far going the slowest. Um, and I feel like I'm capable of going faster. I just, my game plan was like, I don't want to blow up my legs. So, mm. um, I don't know, like it's, it's one of those game time decisions where, you know, maybe on another day I'd try another pair and you know, it might work. It might not, but, um, but how much, you know, like, it's not gonna, like you run five Oh fives or something instead of five tens or something, yeah. you know, it's yeah, not exactly. gonna, it's not gonna change the race. I wouldn't think probably not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, very happy with that one. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not regretting the shoe choice. Yeah. So then, when did we see the coverage? We didn't see any of this on the coverage. I don't believe there was. No, a, there was a long stretch where, or we saw Tyro. You saw Tyro. Yeah, that was at the very base. So that's after that two mile downhill is when we hit the Tyro. And you were in third, third there. place. Yeah. Yes. Third. And that, at that point, we're like, oh, shit, like, where is it? Where is Atkins? Like, yeah. where, where is he at this point, right? Like, seeing you there, I was like, okay, awesome. Like, you're you're, ha- you're having a good day. And then being in front of Atkins and being charging forward, it was like, oh, man, like, I might hang on to this spot here. Was yeah. Did he – because it was a bit, a bit of a gap even by, the, by Tyro. Yeah, I think on. we were all pretty evenly split. I would say almost like a minute between the four mm-hmm. of us. And Atkins and Mick were running together at that point. Right. Um, because Mick, Mick, Mick hit his spear. Um, and so I think Atkins and Mick probably ran that two-mile section of the down together uh, into Tyro. Because they, it did look like they came into it together. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Atkins decided to like hold off the pace a bit. Um, I know Mick's a good downhill runner, but like Atkins is obviously um, like excellent downhill. So yeah, um, yeah. for me to still have like a minute gap on him, um, I'm guessing he was kind of holding back, knowing knowing the climb to come. You know. So how did the climb go? Yeah, so uh, I actually felt pretty bad at the beginning, but I guess that's (laughs) to be expected when you're running two mile downhill like pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Hawk was 
So it's a three-part climb. Um, I guess, unless you've raced it, you haven't really seen the climb itself. But it's a three-part climb. The first part uh, is probably about three-quarters of a mile long. Um, you can pretty much see the top from the bottom, and it looks super intimidating. It just like it's just grassy, a bit marshy. Um, you know, on on the right, on the left side, which is the side we're on, uh, it's a bit of compact dirt, so it is a bit more runnable. But uh, it definitely, it's definitely punchy at times. Probably averaging like twenty percent mm. uh, for the first part, and so it's it's not easy. And it because it is a three part climb, it is kind of a rhythm breaker. And so you have these downs, um, which you could look at recovery, but at the same time, like, you know, you kind of blow your legs out a bit trying to like not lose time on those downs. And then you're like right back into the hard up. Mm. So it's, it's rough. So the, the second, um, section of that climb actually has, uh, this super steep, um, grassy section that you have to go up We're yeah, we're talking like over like 45 degrees, um, kind of like grabbing the grass and trying not to fall backwards it's, <laughs> it's really cool i was excited that they put that in because um the the original course they had uh, uh had us actually going down the ski slopes rather than up and mm. um they actually changed one of the ski slopes out because it was so technical um that i think if we had gone down there someone would have either seriously injured themselves or potentially worse uh, it, was, it was that bad so i'm, what, I'm happy was that the was that the section with all the bees too yeah i think i sent you a video of that um yeah yeah, yeah. it looked absurd and it wasn't short right and, and you would have been coming down that yeah we would have come down that and it was like i remember uh i, I felt like i was the first person on that section of course this year when i did it um and it took <laughs> me about 10 minutes to go down maybe like a quarter of a mile and like i don't know how much quicker i could have gone it's like you're just dodging um there's just no path i mean it was it was gross so this was a much better route how long was that super steep section that was like you know 35 to 40 ish percent i would say it lasted a good like 90 seconds to two minutes um, okay going up so like like a solid section of time but i mean it, you know it's not it's not like half the climbs like that so uh yeah i mean for the first part of the climb i could see hawk in the distance um, I felt like we were kind of maintaining a similar gap for, for me, honestly, at that point, I was like thinking, hold off Atkins, uh, more than anything. Cause I knew Atkins would be really strong in this part. And so more than looking forward, I was trying not to look backwards, um, knowing that Atkins was probably creeping up on me. And so I, I just tried to find a good rhythm. Um, I think because I didn't hit those downs as hard as some of the other guys, I was able to kind of, uh, find, find a pace, um, hmm. and not cramp and just uh, consistently keep pushing on the up. And by the third section of climbing, uh, I had actually rain, reeled in Hawk quite a bit, and I could tell he was he was hurting. So I decided to make a bit of a push on the last part. I, I ran the, the entire thing and gapped Hawk by a bit at the top. And um, yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a bit unexpected, but um, I, I knew like Hawk had already done a penalty lap and burpees. So it's like, he's at a bit of a disadvantage compared to me at this point. So not like super surprising at the same time, but also a place where you're, if you have an opportunity to press on him, like he's already, like you said, he's a bit more in the hole than you are. He hammered the downhills. Yeah. Like he's probably feeling pretty fatigued. So did you, did you 
intentionally put a gap on him? Did you press him or did it just naturally, you like naturally caught him and then the pace that you were sustaining and the effort that you had just naturally pulled you away from him? I, I think more of the latter. Yeah. I, I tried not to redline too much in this race because I, although I am adapted to altitude, it's like um, if you're not fully adapted, like redlining is, is going to put you at such a bigger deficit um, than mm-hmm. it would at sea level. So I, I really, even at that point wanted to kind of still run my own race. Obviously um, you know, the, the fact that Hawk was struggling was definitely helping, um, but I think it was helping more mentally than, than actually uh, pushing the pace physically quicker. Um, yeah. So I had a gap, a little gap on him coming to the top. Um, we had armor up there, <laughs> just like a quick, 10 second obstacle. I mean, it really didn't do anything, but, um, then we, we head back down towards Atlas carry, which I guess was the next point you guys saw us, um, briefly. I believe so. And I don't even know if we, did we see you two or did we just see Rylan? I think, I I, I think you, I think we were in the picture for a minute. Maybe, maybe I'm remembering things wrong, but yeah, I had, I had a tiny gap on uh, Hawk at that point still. So, because there was a point where it looked like it was some sort of downhill and it kind of like did a hairpin turn and it kind of came straight up. It looked kind of like a flat or gradual. That's the next yeah. point I remember seeing you. Um, okay. Was that after a, a, quite a bit of a descent? Yeah, that was like, that was, um, that was kind of at the same reservoir where the, uh, the spear throw was. So kind of on the other end of it. Um, and I believe that's where, where you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Uh, into yeah into the alice carry oh okay that that is what that was okay then we did see you um so was there another hard descent at some point like what or where are you at in terms of the course it sounds like you had a big climb and then is there another big descent to come down yeah i kind of wish we had the map so i could like point it out but this is probably around um the 16 15 k point Okay. Um, so we're approaching probably 10 miles into the race, uh, at least at the Atlas carry. Um, I think the, the top of the ski run coming down was about the nine mile point or so. And so it was probably like about a mile from there to the Atlas carry. Yeah. So when did Hawk kind of put that, uh, put push back into it? Was, was there a descent or was there a flat section? Like where was he able to kind of catch, yeah. catch back up? It was, it was kind of rolling, um, after the Atlas carry and, uh, I, I kind of knew he was going to push back a bit just based on his earlier descents. And I was like, you know, I could tell he was hurting on the climb, but I also kind of knew that like, you know, even if you're hurting on the, the climb, like you can still, you can still be a gamer and, and make the descent. Uh, and so he, he caught up to me on kind of that rolling down. And then we actually ran together on the fire road uh, through, through quite a few obstacles. So we came into the multi-rig together. He, uh, he put a, bit of a gap on me there i was impressed watching him he just the ropes were really wet but he still just like grabbed right onto them and i was like did you go up high on yours i went up high yeah i went above um i i really wanted to uh just grab you know swing from the bar to the second rope and then jump to the bell but uh you know it's risky at that point um rylan fell off that obstacle so you know, it's not, it's not easy. Um, especially that day. So yeah. I, I think I made the right move. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised that Hawk was able to put some sort of gap on you during that obstacle. Um, 
because yeah. because of how t- wet and, and I don't I don't necessarily think of him as an obstacle specialist. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is really good at obstacles. Um, but were you able to recover from that? Were, were, did, or was that were you able to yeah, kind of close no, that gap? Uh, Helix was right after that, and Hawk oh, right. was a bit slower. So I actually caught him, and we we hit the bell at like the exact same moment. That's um, right. Helix coming yeah. through. Look at yeah, that. I know. Never, <laughs> I never would have thought Helix would have been my savior, but uh, yeah, it worked well for me that day. Um, yeah. So after that, we had the sandbag carry, which was a bit, it was a, it was a bit of a joke. It was a short sandbag. It wasn't that heavy. Um, I just kind of sat behind Hawk on that. And uh, Hawk actually, uh, at the end of the sandbag carry, missed the container when he threw a sandbag in. And so it landed on the ground. So uh, he graced graciously let me buy and put a sandbag back in <laughs> but uh yeah and then um after that it was uh we we had it down a grassy slope ran that together into i i think it was the is it called the box i'm trying to remember it's got like the ropes and the bar mm. at the top yep just box yeah, just box yeah so we yeah we were like almost doing like uh yeah choreographed box together like we were we were right up there together. We came down the, the steps together right into the Herc hoist. And um, shockingly Hawk actually did the Herc hoist a lot quicker than me. So um, I, I don't want to like, like I'm super stoked with how this went, but um, my, my buddy told me that I choose, I chose uh, the heavy bag on Herc hoist. Mm. So I think there was a bit of variance. Um, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, so Hawk gapped me there anyways. And um, right after that was Beater. And by the time I got out of Beater, Hawk was probably like 20, 25 seconds in front of me. Yeah, there's definitely, there's an element, like you said, there's so many things can go wrong. And there's definitely places in a Spartan race or any race really that where you can kind of catch a good or bad break. Exactly, yeah. And like a, a day like that where it's wet, you know, sometimes it, one could be more wet than another. And they they are different. They're definitely different yeah. sometimes. And you, you'd imagine Hawk is, he's probably been, probably does Hercoist every day. <laughs> yeah. After, after, what's, after what's happened to him. That's true. Yeah. Um, no, I was, uh, I mean, I, I was, I was fine with that. Um, but I, I was actually surprised because we were pulling it together up and I was like, okay, I, I was kind of watching him the entire time I was pulling. I'm like, okay, I'm pulling about the same rate. And then at some point he like, I don't know, he like accelerated and then all of a sudden he was on the ground and I was still like pulling up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn, nice job, dude. <laughs> And so was that the gap that kind of remained then? That was the gap that remained after that. Um, like it was 20, 25 seconds. And I, it was like a, a steep uphill, which you saw going into the, the rope climb. And, um, you know, it was just enough of a gap that I, I lost my motivation to try and track him down. And I went into defensive mode. So mm-hmm. I was kind of focusing on making sure Atkins wasn't going to catch me. Um, my, my hands were still cold. Uh, I barely made it through beater. Um, just because I lost all sensation in my hands. Um, and so I knew like with the, the rope climb wasn't necessarily going to be challenging, but twister at the end, I was like a bit worried. So I was like, okay, rather than like, you know, wasting your energy trying to catch Hawk, which you're not going to catch at this point. Like, let's just try and hold off Atkins and play it safe. And um, yeah. That last hill looked like it didn't look super steep on camera, but it was like the worst kind of hill that late at a race. Cause like you can still kind of run it. Like, but you probably don't really want to run it, and it's, it looked long. That looked brutal. That that to me was looked like the worst part of the course, just the placement of it, and just like how long and annoying it looked. 
Yeah, I uh, I kind of knew that part was going to be hard coming in. Um, and it would have been really cool to run up there with Hawk um, because, I mean, we both would have just like been puking at the top. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I must must say that the way I ran it was much more pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was not fun. Yeah, it's it is runnable, like you said, but it's like right on the edge. And like when you're at the end of a race like that, like it's not fun. Yeah. So did you not even consider like the podium as like your position until you're at Twister? Like just with someone like Atkins kind of coming or looming, you know, because yeah. you still had, I think we were still over a minute ahead of him. So, I had about a minute at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So could you even see him? Like if you turned to look, like, was he around? I wasn't looking. <laughs> so like I, I was kind of like keeping, I, I knew he was probably somewhere. Um, but I was like keeping my eyes on Hawk just for that reason and being like, okay, even though I know I'm playing defensive right now, I don't want to like play too, too defensive and like be worried about exactly where Atkins is because I got to still run my own race here. There's, there's still a bit of time left. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like I was able to get on the rope climb and successfully get to the top without my hands totally freezing up. And then it was just like a downhill into kind of the last obstacle gauntlet. And mm-hmm. Twister actually wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, I, I wanted to do the forward technique, but based on the day, I just went went backwards. Um, and uh, yeah, as soon as I hit that bell, that's like, that's when I knew. Like, coming up to Twister, I was still like, I don't know. But uh, that was that was a really cool feeling. Once I hit that bell, I was like, I got it. <laughs> yeah, and then crossing the line, you seem pretty pumped. Like, I think there was some visible emotion kind of, coming out at that point like was it all like wow this is something that i i always knew was there and like to do it in your home country at, on a big stage where and on and like have all your plans kind of like come to and to be really close to second too you know like yeah. like rylan on this day was unstoppable <laughs> he was yeah he was really remarkable i'm so impressed with rylan and i think like yeah i'm on those hard days now, I'm going to be like thinking of like Rylan kicking my ass in some of those climbs to, to keep me motivated. Cause like he was, he was running very well. So missed yeah. two obstacles. I know. Is, is that not crazy? <laughs> it's like, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so like, but so like, and, and to be so close with, with Hawk who had just come off of like really a breakout performance in Utah, where yeah. I was kind of looking at him, he was like, some people were thinking he would, would have been a favorite for this race and to be right totally. in that mix and to beat Atkins only first, first Canadian to beat Atkins and to just be in that mix. Like it, it kind of elevates like your whole career almost. Yeah, I know it, that part hasn't sunk in at all yet. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I don't do great with expectations. So I'm going to try to to keep my distance <laughs> as much as I can from that. Um, but I'm sure it, it will have an impact. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's what I've known I could do. Um, so as, as, you know, it's definitely reassuring to know that like, I'm not completely crazy and believing in myself like that. Uh, but, um, yeah, like to see everything come together after like all the work I put into it. Um, yeah, I think that's still going to take a lot more time to sink in. For sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably gonna take years to like, look back and be like, man, I really did push it in. I really did. And it it worked at least for this one race. Not, not to say like, this is going to be like the pinnacle of your career but like it's 
you're on the ascent, right? And like you're 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 at a high place right now because you know even on paper when you look at it, it's like 2021 Canadian Series champion, and now it's like 2022 North American third place North American championships. Like there's some like cool accolades coming. So you still are ascending in that way, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so what do you got next? Um, so on the recovery bend right now, I've got a 50 K Whistler next weekend, nice. uh, golden trail series race. So it's going to be competitive. Um, I, I was actually super motivated and stoked before Spartan about this race, but um, I just feel like I'm riding such a high right now that I just, don't really care about that race at all, <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure in the next few days, you know, my, my motivation will come back. Um, it'll be a fun race and uh, a lot of buddies I train with and, and know of will be there racing. So it will be, it'll be a good, good run there for sure. Yeah. That, that's a golden trail. Wow. So it's going to be serious. Yeah. It'll be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and blue mountain. Just booked my ticket yesterday. Yeah. Nice. So I wasn't sure, but um, after this, I'm like, also plane tickets are so cheap right now. Um, Somehow, surprisingly, right? It's I awesome. have no idea why, but yeah, they're like 140 return. So um, sweet. Yeah. After months and months of incredibly expensive plane airfare. Yeah. Yeah. T- take, the, take the cheap ones. So I got that. How do you think that that would how like just for those listening, just for yourself when you're thinking about it, because you did this course last year, how would you compare Blue Mountain to what was just a Kelowna? I mean, the, obviously the altitude is the main, uh, a big difference on that. Yeah. But what are some other things that you would, that you think you would need to prepare for or that wasn't the ENC at Kelowna? Yeah, I, I think it depends what they do with the Blue Mountain course. But last year, what I will say is I think Blue Mountain is the hardest Spartan course I've ever done. <laughs> um like way like on it's on another level from like this or tahoe or even like big bear and and the reason is because it's steep up steep down no flat and there's like if you look at the race profile it's like a sh- it's like shark teeth there's like five or six ups and downs and your legs are just gonna get so beat up from all that downhill running that by the end like if you're not cramping you're gonna be walking those climbs anyway because you know there's nothing there's no juice left so for me before blue mountain um i'm probably going to do some hard up and downhill intervals just to like get my legs ready for that beating Mm -hmm. Uh, because i know after this race even it's like if i want to be in contention with those guys again like i'm gonna have to be able to run downhill faster so i'm gonna probably work on really pounding uh sub five minute miles downhills straight into like, you know, hard uphill sessions and see how that goes. I would imagine it's going to be a little bit more technical as well. Or are you, are you just on the ski slopes or does it kind of put you into some of like the, the bushwhackiness there? Cause you were saying there's, there's some gravel type roads for the descents on this. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit more technical. Um, but honestly, like at, at my memory, at least of blue mountain is it's not, it's not crazy technical. It's like, you can still blast those downs. Um, you're going to you have to be a bit more aware of your footing than, than up at big white here. But, um, it's definitely one of those courses that like, you don't want it. Like no matter how conservative you start, you're going to be hurting at the finish. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it is, I mean, it's an East coast race, obviously. So I think it is more like a Killington or a, a, Ver, a Vernon, even like Vernon's not a very, 
Steve, have you done many of the East Coast races? I haven't. I'd love to. It's just like airfare over there is normally so expensive. Yeah. yeah. And it's like not easy. Like like you fly someplace and then it is like a two-hour drive to wherever you're going. <laughs> right. It's yeah. Like serious travel. Um, but yeah, I think it is more like a Killington or a Vernon. Like Vernon's not as steep as Blue Mountain, I don't believe. But it, you get like four to 5,000 feet of elevation just by like going up and down a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. That's sounds like Blue Mountain. Then. Yeah. Pretty much the same. So. Uh, any, like, are you thinking Abu Dhabi again or we'll have to see? I think I'm going to wait and see. I, it was a fun experience last year. Um, it kind of left me, I didn't perform very well. And like, you know, I think some of the things obviously it was the first year Spartan had it there. So, uh, they had a lot to figure out. Um, and I think if they logistically do a better job this year, I'd be more motivated to go. Um, even like communication with like the pro athletes and the travel was not great last year. And then like compounded with obviously all the issues on course and like the dune buggies, it just, I was not very impressed, um, overall with, with how everything went down. Um, but you know, I, I would definitely consider it just, it's going to be at the end of my season, uh, a few weeks after world mountain running championships in Thailand for me. So, um, you know, if my knee's not bothering me, I'll probably, I'd probably go if they, if they sent me over there. They're the same kind of deal, which I mean, they should now, right? Like they, they like you want the podium at a continental championship to be at the world championship. So true. I, I couldn't think of a more different course, but yes, <laughs> and right. it's, a, yeah. it, it's a super, it's a different venue and it's a super distance this year. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. <laughs> totally. Um, well, well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate taking time again. Congrats. Uh, let it, let it sink in a little bit and hope your recovery goes well. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. All right. Any to be fresh off a third place finish from the North American championships. So going into the race, we'll talk about like how you were kind of maybe not sure if you're even going to run, right? Like, and things have kind of been up and down. I think people know uh, in Mexico that you had to kind of drop out of that race because of a, a, just kind of like a lingering ankle issue. And it's still kind of been that way. So going into this race, it, you were kind of up in the air. It's like, if I can go, I can go. But then when the race started, you stuck your nose like right in it. And so like, and I wasn't sure like how your fitness was going to kind of come around. If you're just going to go out there and be, be like kind of, more cautious. So what was the decision to just be like, all right, I'm just going to go <laughs> screw it. Uh, yeah. I mean, go big or go home. Like I'm not <laughs> going to show up to a race and, you know, half ass it. So, um, yeah, the plan was to just like push hard. And, um, I knew that there would be parts of the race that like my ankle would be a limiter on. So the, I would say like the first, uh, 45 minutes of that race, um, were kind of my chance to like, you know, push as hard as I could, um, in order to like keep connected with Emma and Lindsay, um, before like hitting any of the more like descents and technical stuff. So, yeah. Were you concerned about your fitness or did you, or were you just like, Hey, let's just go see uh, how, 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 it, how it will go. Yeah. I had no idea actually what to expect fitness wise. Cause like, my training's been like super broken up for pretty much the entire year. Like I went from, um, you know, not being able to run because my elbow injury to then like having some really good running fitness. Um, like once I was able to start running again, then like the ankle thing came up and 
I was more like on the bike again and then um, did kind of like a big move to Colorado and that kind of like broke up training a little bit as well. And then now I've been at altitude. So every day kind of feels painful and miserable. So (laughs) it's like, I don't know, like what's maybe not a shape. What's me just not being acclimated yet. Um, So yeah, I was totally like, I was kind of going in uh, blind to that, like not really sure exactly, um, exactly how it was going to play out, especially just like I hadn't done a run of that length um, in months. So, <laughs> right. So just like the distance and the time alone. It's like, Oh, let's, let's see how, let's see what, how this goes here. How did that pace feel out of the jump? Cause it was kind of a gradual, it wasn't incredibly steep from what I understand. Like that first, no. what was it like four to five K or so? Uh, yeah. Was it-, it was like really gradual climbing at first more, actually more just like, um, more just like dealing with the grass and the um, fallen trees and that kind of stuff uh, more than anything. And then, and then you kind of, as you get like up more towards monkey bars and then beyond monkey bars, it becomes a little bit more of a climb, um, a little bit steeper, a little bit rockier. um, And that's kind of like my jam. So I actually, that was like my favorite part of the race was just kind of cruising up that. And I felt like the pace, um, I guess to be fair, it was almost like too comfortable. Like I kept thinking like, uh, should I be pushing harder? <laughs> um, but at the same time, when you're chasing Emma, it's like, oh, I, I think that I should probably stay where I'm at because, um, you know, I don't like, it's a long race. You don't want to blow up too early. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you expect him to go out a little bit harder? Because it didn't seem like, because what we've seen from Emma is when, and maybe it's because of the, the topography of the course, like you said, it's like big grass and like kind of marshiness in that first part. Do you think that she was just trying to navigate that or it was like the distance and, and the altitude and elevation uh, that, that kind of played a factor to it? Yeah. I'd say we all were kind of like maybe running a little bit conservatively uh, for different reasons. I think Emma came off of a pretty big uh, week of other adventures and <laughs> right. um, she was probably a bit fatigued and she also has a big race coming up. Um, and yeah, I think Lindsay like tends to just go out pretty conservatively. That's like how she races. And then I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure how to like navigate that. I think part of me wishes that I did push a little bit harder on that climb just because, um, I hadn't really previewed the course at all. And, um, I did know there would be some, you know, higher like Alpine terrain, um at some point and and sure enough like when we got up there and it was quite like windy um with like some tricky footing which normally I think I would do quite well with but like with my ankle it just I'm not super confident in my footing yet and I was kind of like tripping here and there and so I definitely had to like lay off the gas as soon as we were up higher um Mm. and I I just I felt like it wasn't like my fitness that was keeping me back. It was more my ankle. So Hmm. I think I had wished a little bit that I had gone maybe just a tad bit harder out, out of the gate. It's a, it's a tough call to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like if you were coming into this the way it was maybe like last year, right. Where it's like consecutive training and racing and everything is good. And you have some time to wrap your head around what the race might go like. 
you were just like, yeah, I guess I'll just race. <laughs> and like, so that's mm-hmm. it, a, it's, it's a definitely a hind, hindsight piece, but um, yeah. <laughs> in the, in the coverage, we, we caught you guys at least going up through that marshy part. Did you catch the coverage at all? Did you watch it? Uh, I watched a few sections of it, but to be honest, it was like a little bit hard to watch just based on like how, um, just like the service issues and stuff. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, the beginning part was kind of, kind of fun to watch, like seeing, um, just like, even just like reliving the course itself, because as I'm sure you're aware, like when you're racing, it's, um, you're kind of just like looking at your feet mostly. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not like super exciting. Once in a while you'll like look up and be like, Oh wow, this is amazing. But for the most part, you're kind of in the pain cave and like making sure you don't fall over something. So it was kind of, it's kind of fun to watch back and see like just how, just how gnarly the terrain was and also like how green and beautiful it was. So. That's what I'm most envious of people who are just going out for fun. When I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this course is beautiful because you don't you don't catch it. You really yeah, don't. yeah, that's true. So were you? But in that first <clears throat> section, because I I kind of caught up. I watched it live ish. I didn't really have the, the results in hand, and I was like, oh, you, she looks good. She looks mm-hmm. like strong. It like looks like you were comfortable. Were you consistently thinking about the ankle, or were you like, okay? let's focus on the racer. It was just good. And you were just rolling. Yeah. I think, um, I think once I'm in race mode, like I, I don't know, I'm just, yeah, kind of in living like in the moment and not, I mean, it was, it was definitely like on, on my mind to like, you know, be a little bit more cautious than maybe I would be normally. Um, just like, you know, making sure like my foot placements were pretty solid versus like kind of haphazardly like jumping over logs and stuff. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um other than that, I would say I would say no. I was like pretty um thank God it was like yeah, I didn't really think about it all too much. It was um it was like as good as I could have hoped for in terms of like, you know, how solid it felt. So so they had the big climb or like the kind of gradual climb that got you up there. And then that was when it was a stairway, right? Is that what what was at the top or. So as we're climbing the first obstacle we hit was monkey bars, then Mm -hmm. up, up way up high was the eight foot wall. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you kind of do like some traversing like up and down um, once you're like in the Alpine part. And then you start the descent and you hit uh, Olympus and stairway back to back. Got it. And, and one thing that since it's been since Mexico and when you had to kind of pull out and, and it's been like the ankle thing, right. And like maybe something else here or there. And one thing that uh, I I've not thought that much about is that you did have a pretty traumatic elbow injury and like elbow surgery earlier this year. So like, how did, how did that kind of play out? Like, cause it looked like you did have a little bit of a, you missed stairway at least on your first attempt, right? Yeah, that had nothing to do with my elbow. Actually, it was um, so. I don't think I actually not sure if this was like shown on video. I doubt it. But um, while I was on Olympus, I had like a little uh, <laughs> a little hiccup where um, I don't know if you remember this, but like in Tahoe last year. Um, towards the end of the race Olympus was like right at the end yeah, and right. Emma going through that 
was wearing gloves and she like got her glove caught in one of the holes um, and like almost fell off the obstacle because of it. Um, so that same exact thing happened to me this year um, <laughs> where I was like wearing the gloves, didn't even think twice about it because it's just freezing. And I wasn't thinking, oh, I should take my gloves off. Um, and I like had just gotten on the obstacle and it was pretty wet. Um, my feet, like even just like my knees were slipping down. Um, and I think it like kind of shook me a little and I went to actually match, like I put two hands in one hole Mm -hmm. and got my glove caught and then I couldn't get my hand out. So I was kind of just hanging there, like sliding down the wood, um, or the plastic, whatever it is. And, um, I did manage to like shimmy my hand out of my glove. So my glove fell on the ground, but I got through the obstacle. I just like, it was really exhausting because I had to like basically pull myself all the way back up mm. and then get through it. And, uh, and then stairway was right after like no running in between. And I think I was just like a little bit shaken up. Um, and it was also quite wet and slippery. And I think it's actually like a decently hard obstacle if it's wet. Like oh, yeah. I went to jump up to grab the holds and they're very slick. That plastic, it's pretty slick. So um, I think I just kind of like lost my grip and they had like very cold hands. Um, so I think my dexterity just like, wasn't, wasn't that, that great. Um, I would, I would I, imagine, yeah, I, it eventually. I would imagine a lot of the female competitors took the penalty loop on stairway. Uh, Hawk yeah. call who got second yeah, took the penalty loop that. on that. Uh, so wait, so you had your one hand in the hole and then you brought your other hand to match it. And like you, your other hand got. Like, it kind of like clipped you the glove. You grabbed it. You grabbed yeah. the glove. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've had that happen before when I've actually pulled it and like had, cause you wear like those gardening gloves, right? Yeah. Those like Home Depot gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I've done that and pulled the finger off before. Yeah. Like, so, uh, well that was pretty, was that just the movie? Like, Oh my God, I got to pull my hand out of this. Cause you can't really like shimmy like, or did you try to like shimmy your hand off of your other hand? Because you can't really. I did, but it was hands. like caught. So my, glove was like at that point like halfway off Mm. um so I just like quickly like got my hand out um and yeah my glove just like fell off the obstacle and then I like got through it quick went back and grabbed my glove (laughs) (laughs) and then like continued on um so it was actually like I was actually impressed with myself that I saved that because it was um yeah I just like I slid almost to the point where I was like gonna hit the ground um, and it's like when you're on Olympus and your arms are like outstretched like that, it's, it's not a good feeling <laughs> like no. to have to pull yourself back up. And Usually that's yeah. it. Unless you are almost at the bell with outstretched arms, you're probably right. not going to make it. So were you, did you, were you able to pull yourself back to 90? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like a little bit pumped from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> well, that, that, cause that would have been, was Chris even around at this point? Could you see her? Uh, no, the only, the only time I saw Chris on course was, um, on the bucket loop actually, because oh, I wow. was, I think I was like putting my bucket down and she was grabbing hers. Mm-hmm. Um, she, yeah, I think she probably made up some time on me on the descent. And then also I think she made her spear. Um, and I'm, all three of the 
top three missed our spears. So yeah, yes. Um, Chris, Chris did make her super. I think she missed stairway as well. She's usually pretty. pretty oh, sound. interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I didn't know that. So by the time you got to stairway, there, there had been a bit of a gap between Lindsay and Emma and, and you at that point, right? Yeah. At a, that point. Yeah. Could you see them when they were doing their burpees at the spear? Yes. Yeah. I got to the, I got to the spear as they were finishing their burpee. So okay. Were you thinking? I, uh, You're like, all right, I'm back in the mix. Yeah. It was like, yes and no. I think I got there and was like, Ooh, this, I need to make the spear. Like this is my chance. But then also I think it did kind of get to my head a little bit, just seeing them doing burpees and, um, I just, I'm one of those people who overthinks the spear, especially I haven't really raced a lot this year and I've kind of like lost my um, rhythm there. So I got there, saw them doing burpees and I was like, Ooh, maybe it's a hard one. And like, was like overthinking which one to do and like took more time than I probably should have. And yeah, just, yeah, I I missed, I was like just a hair left of the target. Um, So that was a bummer, but honestly, I'd rather have that spear like the way that they had it mid race where um I just felt a lot less panicked than usual like mm-hmm. when I was doing the burpees um I just kept, kept thinking like okay hammer this out like you still have a ton of racing to do so like just just get through it basically um I think it's a fair place to put it as well and it seemed because it did play a factor I mean the top three men or at the time the top three men all missed theirs as well mm-hmm. so was it windy there? Cause that's the thing. Like sometimes when you see people doing burpees at something like the rig or uh, whatever beater, they're like, Oh, it must be wet. It's cold. Like this is, this is going to be harder than where I want it to be, but it can be like that for the spear too, because of the wind or just because of how things are kind of set. Like how, like what was going on with the spear? No, luckily they actually put, so the top of the course, like up, up top where the eight foot wall was, was, insanely windy like windier than i think that the last time when we were in tahoe and it was Mm. super windy like it was even windier i would say but as soon as we got back around the mountain and like started descending we were kind of blocked by that wind which was really nice so um so where the spear was actually it was pretty calm but i i'm assuming we were all just kind of cold and like Mm. for some reason when you're cold and we had just been doing like a pretty long fire road descent into that. Like maybe you're just, yeah, like your muscles are just like tenser. Maybe I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, Cause it was a factor, but um, did, but, I, but again, I like where the placement was. It didn't really seem to make a break. Like when they put it right at the end, it's just so anticlimactic. Yeah, I'm not into that. No. <laughs> so you didn't see Chris. So you were up and gone by the time even Chris got there. Yeah, I didn't see Chris at the spear, but I did see her shortly after. So we went from the spear um, to dunk wall, like right after, or slip wall, dunk wall. Mm-hmm. Then there was like a tiny bit of running into the bucket, and then you do the bucket carry. Oh, I see. So and that's what it was like pretty quickly after that. Yeah. So I talked to Sean uh, Stevenswell before, who got third on the men's side. He uh, and he was explaining the course. He's like the course guru here. He knows it. All. He knows all of it. So I didn't realize because we didn't catch the descents on the coverage. I just assumed the descents were kind of the same as that ascent that it was kind of like 
marshy oh. and covered and like pretty technical, but it wasn't that way. It was more of a, a pretty clean gravel road more or less. So the, yeah, almost all the descents were like, just like screaming down fire roads. So hmm. it was actually like quite painful. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was hard for me to, I think again, like my ankle, like, doesn't love that like it like the fire roads are definitely more impact Mm -hmm. um and so i've found in the past like month or so that running on that kind of terrain um, does tend to like flare my ankle up a little bit so it was hard for me to kind of manage that effort where like you definitely want to just fly down that um but you also know like i knew what this upcoming climb was like based on like talking to sean and people who had had eyes on it and I was like oh man if I blow up my quads now like I'm never gonna make it up this massive steep climb so um so it was like yeah a little bit of like pulling the reins in just to like keep to save something for that um and then yeah also with my ankle so what uh what, what shoes did you end up wearing for this I actually wore the um the alt the new VJ Ultras the um, Ultra Twos yeah oh nice a little bit more a little bit more cushion for them more cushion yeah they they now have a rock plate which I really like um, I would say yeah there were parts in the race where like in the beginning section uh, it was super muddy um, and you could feel like at least I my shoes were getting like sucked into that mud um, and actually my my one of my shoes came untied twice in that section. Ugh. So it was like, in the beginning, I was like, ooh, maybe I should have chosen a little bit more of an aggressive shoe, like the extreme. But later in the course, I definitely was happy with my choice because those fire roads, like, mm-hmm. um, they can really wreck your feet if you're in, like, something with no cushion. So, um, so yeah, was- I was happy to have that little extra padding. <laughs> yeah, that was one of Sean's regrets, too, because I think he went with something a little bit more minimal with yeah. an aggressive lug. And he was like, I wish I had a little bit more cushion for those downhills yeah because i didn't expect them to be just screaming down at this Mm -hmm. point you're kind of in like no man's land and yeah you've kind of been there before yeah so were you just was just kind of like i know where i'm at i've done the done this before just try to manage your effort or like where was your head were you trying to be like let's push forward to just in case because your obstacles are strong you know, you, there's been races for both the women in front of you where they've missed obstacles where you've been able to make up a lot of ground where like anything can happen. Let's push forward. Or is it more like, let's just make sure I'm okay here and I can get survived this climb and my ankle's okay. Like where was your head at um, toward that when you're kind of by yourself? Yeah, I would say on the descent, it was a lot of like running my own race because I, I know how good, like that's like Emma and Lindsay, you know, that's like their kind of thing is just like descending real fast. And so I knew that they were probably gaining, gaining ground on me. Um, And there's, there wasn't like a ton I could do about that. But as soon as I hit the climb, it was like go time. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard up that steep grindy ski hill part because um, that was, you know, the, the one, the one part of the course where like, like you you could probably gain some um gain some time there just based on like 
how quickly you're hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily my strength is that like really see power hiking, like the big bear type stuff. But, um, but I think I've gotten better about it over, you know, over the course of the past two years. So um, I was just like, keep putting my head down and just like going to work basically. And anytime it would like sort of flatten out, I was like um, picking up the pace um, and just kind of grinding it out. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess you can't really be too concerned with what's happening in front of you behind you when you have such a huge climb in front of you. <laughs> like yeah. I just got to get through this thing. Yeah. Um, so you got through and then the, 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 so the only thing you missed was the spear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did how did you handle that rig? Were you, were you did you go up high or did you go regular on the ropes? Yeah, I did go up high this time. Um, I don't usually do that, but after feeling the bar, I was like sliding down the bar because it was so wet. Um, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be real conservative on this because um, <laughs> it just was I, I actually knew what the um, penalty loop was on that one because we were staying um in a cabin like right next to it so and I knew how gnarly it went like straight down the side of this like cliff almost um not on a trail just like total bushwhacking and then you come back up and I did not want to do that so <laughs> I was like I'm gonna take my time here and like do it clean um and yeah, it was, it was fine. At that point, did you pretty much think you had third locked up? I was pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you never really know, but like I couldn't see anyone behind me. Um, and I definitely couldn't see Emma and Lindsay. So like, I knew there was always a chance that like Emma could fail stuff. Um, so like you never really know, like you should always just like be pushing you know, as hard as you can when you're that far into the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also gassing out big time, like <laughs> in that last two, like two kilometers where it was uphill again. Um, my legs just did not want it. I was like forcing myself to run up that hill because it really wasn't that like steep of a grade, but after all that descending and then like the big climb again, I was just like so gassed and like bonking and kind of cramping. It was like not fun. <laughs> and like you said, you hadn't been running that long. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So. I just didn't really have the endurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that I was, when I was talking to Sean, I was like that, the hill placement and that style of hill where it's just like, not that steep, but like not flat, like it's runnable. So you kind of have to do it. It just yeah. seemed like such a mental grind. I was not yeah. I, I was not envious of you. And everybody looked terrible at that point. I would say that was the most painful part of the course, probably for most people. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was rough. But you're right. Like there's also like I know some people like talking to, to Jamie Bruce on work. She she had a tough time in that last like gauntlet of things, like where mm-hmm. and her coist played a factor in the men's race mm-hmm. and uh, like the rope was something you can miss, twist or something you can miss. So there was always a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a nice ace that you have too. That know that like those things don't necessarily like what last year you missed just beat her at one time. I think, was that the only obstacle you missed outside of the spear? And that was kind of like an accident. Um, Probably. Yeah. I don't really fail stuff. I mean, I have in the past, um, when it was like the only times I've really failed obstacles are when it was like so cold that they were like almost icy. Um, or when it was like 
so I once failed her twice because it was so muddy that like I just mm. couldn't grip the rope. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been pretty. Yeah, I've run, I've run pretty clean races for the past couple of years. So yeah. So what was that feeling like when you crossed in third? It was amazing. I was thrilled. Like I mean. It's always frustrating to know that like, you know, you could have pushed harder on something, but like, I think I was just honestly happy to finish. Cause I think that there was a big, you know, fear leading up in a couple of days leading up to that race where like my ankle felt okay, but like, I, it didn't feel great. Like it was, <laughs> I've been struggling the past two weeks with like some days I'm like really on and some days I'm just like, in a lot of pain. So there was always that chance that like halfway through the race that something was going to trigger it. Um, and thank God it didn't, but like it, it very well could have. So to just like r- to run and feel like minimal pain and to kind of feel like my old self again was huge. It was yeah, awesome. You made the right call. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it was a roll of the yeah. dice for sure. Like it could have been, <laughs> could have been like Mexico again, but you're like, yeah, let's just give it a shot. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I was thinking about last year in Utah and what kind of a grind that was like, just like, so like physically and mentally, it seemed like this, huge effort. And since then, I mean, you've had like like three or four big races that have been that beast distance. Mm-hmm. Has it started to become like mentally easier? Are you, are you more mentally prepared mm-hmm. to, to take on what that race is going to be like to endure something like that? Do you think that's something that's improved for you? Definitely. I've gotten a lot better at like pacing myself and like knowing like what my, like how hard I'm working and like how that's going to affect me later on. Like, I think I used to struggle with just like hammering like every climb and like, and then kind of like dying later in the race. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I've gotten so much better. I think like actually like Abu Dhabi was like a huge learning experience for me where that was the first race where I felt like I really strategized well and like, um, and knew knew my body enough to like dial it back even when it was like scary to do so, but then it like played, it like paid off so much. So I think every race since then I've kind of had that in my mind, like at least with the longer races, with the shorter races, you kind of just have to like deal with it and, you know, push yourself to the max the whole time. But with the beasts, especially on a mountain course, I think it's all about like knowing when to push, when to maybe like, put the brakes on a tiny bit um, and just like managing things like nutrition and mm-hmm. um, all that. So, yeah. Yeah. I would definitely think that there's like a strategy perspective. And like you said, that, that in Abu Dhabi where you were kind of by yourself for a lot of it mm-hmm. and still ended up uh, coming, coming through in second. Is there, is there a matter of like the feeling that it's got that, that presents itself that you're just like ready for now, or is it more just managing the effort? Um, yeah, I would say like mentally too, it's like, once you've done it a bunch, um, you kind of know, like it becomes less scary. Like I think the first few times you do a beast, it's like this almost this like huge task above you that you're like, oh my God, how am I ever going to get through this? Like 5,000 feet of climbing, like in 13 miles, whatever it is. Um, but 
really, if you just like focus on like the, like I like to just like almost break up the race into different segments. So like, whether it be like that first climb in Kelowna, um, like get through that. And then, then the next part is like, you know, a pretty long descent. And then you've got like this crazy steep uphill. Like if you kind of just break it up into segments, it becomes a lot more manageable, I would say. Um, yeah. Did, um, so you've been, you've been at altitude for two months, six weeks, more than that. Uh, yeah, I moved like the 4th of July. So, okay. Yeah. Almost two months. Almost two months. Do you think that helped at all? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, going to, to big white, like we were, we were staying at, I want to say it was like 5,500 feet ish. Um, which is like lower. It's like low for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say like when I, when I run at that, so I'll, I'll train sometimes like my easy days up here where I live, but then like more like harder days I'll run lower, like more at that altitude. Um, and it's always, it never feels easy. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. That's for sure. I, ha- I definitely haven't like fully acclimated yet, but I, I do think that I've like, I've gotten some of that for sure. And so going to big white, it felt like, almost comfortable actually like uh, it didn't feel like sea level but it also felt like um like lower than sometimes where i run here so. yeah or just being like used to it. it's that's that's what i've found like i thought after like the first maybe two or three months i was like okay i'm over the i'm over the hump and then after yeah. six months i was like oh okay i'm actually over. The <laughs> so i think in another three or four i'll be like actually now i just think yeah. i think about it less you know right. I think that's the main thing where in the beginning all i would ever think about is how uh, I was out of breath. I'm like, I'm out of breath again. Yes. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. For uh, sure. How would you rate this course? How did you like it? Oh my God. I loved it. Yeah. I loved like every minute of it, even the parts that were so painful. Um, I think, yeah, if I were to like change anything, I would just have a little bit more of, I don't know. I would, I would do more like trails, like coming down instead of just like blasting down fire roads. Mm-hmm. But um, or maybe even some like bushy sections. Um, I think more like the Utah, like the Utah race. I love those, like how Utah you'll have like some kind of like scary descending, like down like a steep ski hill, but then you'll have some like really flowy, like mountain mm-hmm. bike trails thrown in. I really, really enjoyed that course, but, um, I would say big white definitely, would be like the most impressive like views and like just having that like combination of the thick foresty like swampy sections and then you go into the like high alpine where it's just like really big like vistas overlooking like glacier lakes and stuff it's it's a pretty cool variety I would say um for sure so I definitely I think it's my favorite mountain course that I've done really yeah Yeah. huh what was it before that was it Utah? Probably Utah. Yeah. I think Utah also has like a a lot of different elements to it that, um, kind of like keep you engaged the whole time. It's like, you know, you've got the kind of the like grindy climbs and then you've got some like scary descending. You've got some, um, really, really cool flowy single track, um, and just like beautiful 
beautiful scenery but Mm -hmm. i definitely preferred the weather in Kelowna to like the hot dry like really really tough conditions that utah usually are um yeah and definitely feel like a little bit better in the cooler temps so so hopefully they'll go back yeah i hope so i um i think i think everyone who raced it loved it i think Mm. it was a little bit challenging to get to but yeah um that's kind of like a lot of spartan races so (laughs) i don't know if that's really gonna stop them from holding it there again um but yeah i hope i hope we go back (laughs) so yeah this is this is an awesome accomplishment you know coming back i'm not not quite sure if you're even going to race or not and stick in and just to race that gutsy i think was really cool so congrats on really great outcome there thank you what do you what do you got next i've got ocr worlds oh yeah time are you excited for that i'm so excited yeah i'm like I've been talking about this for I think three years now. (laughs) Um, So it's been like a long time coming and I'm, I'm definitely nervous. Like I think going into it as a rookie, like I am trying to be as realistic as I can, like with, you know, how that's going to play out. There's going to be going to make mistakes. I'm going to have to like problem solve on the fly, which like I don't, I guess I don't have like that much experience with just because with Spartan racing, like I I've done it so much that like I've kind of forgotten what that feeling is like where you show up to something and you're like, Ooh, I'm not really sure how to do this. Um, Yeah. yeah, But as a rock climber and even just as like your background in, you know, mountaineering or whatever, like, you know how to do stuff on the fly. Like I I think you'll be fine. I think that's actually going to play to your advantage. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's different when you're like racing, and, <laughs> right. like I, I can get really like race brainy where like, I'll like miss a turn or like, I'm just like, so like in it and not like seeing exactly what's in front of me. Um, so I think I'm going to like study up a little bit on like techniques and, um, and what the obstacles look like. Yeah. What they look know. like and you know, how to yeah. like about them so that's yeah. that's probably my one of my worst attributes as an athlete is thinking on the fly just being at that like level of exertion and then trying to like problem solve i'm just that's just not me and i went to ocr world championships one time and that uh, obstacles like dragon's back where you uh, do you know what that is like you jump like you kind of climb i think you probably climb up like some wood steps it's like a platform and you jump and there's like a metal bar and then like that protrudes out from like a slanted wood. Like, so you jump and you kind of grab the bar and then you go over it. And then to get onto the next platform, you do it like three or four times. And I got to, I got to the platform. I was standing there looking at, at what I had to do. And I just looked at the volunteer. I was like, what do I do? And she told me, and I, and I like had to ask her like three or four times. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. How do I do this? So I spent so much time just worried about killing myself on this thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that. It is that that would definitely be, are you gonna do three K and 15? Uh, right now I'm just registered for the 15 K. Um, I think yeah, on Friday I might like just go look at the course and like kind of get eyes on everything, um, which I think could be really useful. Uh, but yeah, the three K was sold out actually. So what? Um, yeah, I didn't get in, but 
who knows? Maybe like I bet they could get you in. Maybe someone will drop uh, yeah. out or something. They but, they should let you in for sure. Yeah, I'm also not like I don't necessarily think it'd be bad to just focus on one of the distances for my first time. Like as much as I would love to do both, I'm like, oh, maybe it could be good to just like yeah, like go there and kind of like see everything and not be like you know, arriving Thursday, racing Friday and, you know, like back to back. Um, but, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And just in case the ankle is kind of how it's been, where it's like some days good, some days not good. Right. You might as well preserve it this year anyway for. for yeah. The team. Yeah. Is it feeling okay? Um, yes. It's been like a little bit achy and kind of like grumpy this week, but I definitely expected that. Um, and it's not like anything too concerning. I don't know. I've been probably going to go see another specialist just because I think I've kind of plateaued in my um, progress with it. So I'm thinking there might be, there might be something that I actually need um, to get fixed um, mm -hmm. eventually. So I'm not sure if like, might just like keep going through this season and like at least try and like have a, a kind of a season at the mm -hmm. end of the year here and then potentially like get it fixed um after worlds or something so we'll so will you, will you do blue mountain i think so yeah i mean my focus is definitely ocrwc right now but um i guess i'm gonna plan to do blue mountain like if if my training like if i'm able to like string together several weeks of consistent training and it makes sense, then I'll do it just like, cause if I'm feeling good and fit, like I might as well race whatever's whatever, like big races are available to me. I'm going to, I'm going to do if I'm feeling good um, just cause I haven't really had a season, but if it's feeling like not great, then there's not a huge like pull for me to go there just cause like I'm not in the series. So right. Right. We're, we're going to see how, how it goes. Yeah. Have you done any of the East coast races like, uh, like Killington or Palmerton? Mm -mm. No. no. How, how do you think you'd fare on something like, like with that? I don't know. Yeah. Cause it's, that's what blue mountains probably going to be like. I, I think it's just like not incredibly huge climbs, pretty big climbs, but like steep and like a lot of vegetation. Yeah. I hear it's like a lot of up and down versus mm -hmm. like sustained climbing. Mm -hmm. So um, I wouldn't say that that's like my strength, but I also like, it definitely excites me. Like I like the grindy courses. Um, I would say big bear is also not really like, doesn't really play to my strengths, but I have done well in there in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I think I heard someone say that like Kelowna is kind of like, um, similar to blue mountain in a way, but with more like punchy or like up and down climbs. Yeah. So maybe I've gotten like a little experience now with having done that race. So you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be great. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, cool. Anyway, I appreciate you popping on again. Congrats on that. It was great to see you out there racing again. Thank uh, you. Super fun. Cool. So we will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me.